0: Greetings everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host Tika Taylor. This is part two of learning to appreciate women during their pregnancies and after giving birth. Yes, in the previous segment, we spoke about all the different things that women can go through during their pregnancies and after giving birth. Now we're going to go ahead on and continue our conversation because we definitely needed more time. Now again, women create life. Women carry life. Women nurture life. And women should be appreciated. Women should be respected. They should be honored. Now, we just want to bring attention to all the different things that women have to go through one day when they get pregnant. When they get pregnant, after giving birth to a child, they have to go through a lot. And if we as a society understand these things, maybe we can learn to appreciate, respect, and honor women. Unfortunately, we do live in a patriotical society. A society where women are not valued because they are women. Women are disliked. Women are treated unfairly. They're not given the same equal value as men. Now obviously all men as individuals may not feel that way. We're talking about a system that has institutions that has systemically instituted sexism into every area of life and because of that women globally are suffering now of course some women suffer more than others some women have some privilege while that same privilege is denied to most women right so we're not talking about individual women we're talking about women as a collective group so the focus today is talking about the strength of women the resiliency of women the power of women for them to undergo pregnancy and be subjected to all these different medical, physical, emotional, and mental changes, even though they were already stressed out, already overwhelmed, already overworked and overlooked for things that they were doing in their lives prior to their pregnancy. They were going through it, but yet They still choose to carry a pregnancy to term and give birth to another human being and still choose to love and nurture that child into adulthood. Now, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. We have a miracle that happens every single day on this planet. Women are giving birth to children. This is a miracle. So let's go ahead on and talk about the pregnancies and what happens during and after we're going to continue our conversation now we're going to pick up where we left off we we're talking about women who are being abused who are in domestic violence situations they are being abused by a boyfriend a husband a lover someone that they're living with someone who is part of their life that person most likely is the father of their child their unborn child because they are pregnant so during pregnancy the domestic violence doesn't stop if they were being abused prior to the pregnancy the abuse will continue into the pregnancy and it will continue after she gives birth now of course during pregnancy domestic violence would complicate her pregnancy she will undergo a lot of changes because of the stress of being a victim of domestic violence. She will go through a lot. And sometimes that will cause her to even miscarry, lose the baby, or the baby will be born dead, still, stillborn. Right? Unfortunately, that is happening. A lot of people are not aware that the woman lost her child because of domestic violence. They're not aware of that right? Let's go ahead and continue because we do still have a lot to cover. Now, a lot of time, women who are pregnant are forced to isolate from their families, their blood relatives, their friends, and their support system, right? Their abuser don't want them to be around other people because obviously they're going to notice, these people are going to see that this woman is being abused. There are signs of abuse, whether it's physical marks, scars, bruises, broken bones. right They're gonna see whether she's just sad, depressed, she's not being herself. Some women are not allowed to have baby showers. They're not allowed to have visitors over. They're not allowed to go to anyone's home. They're basically kept as a prisoner in their own home. They're socially isolated they can't go anywhere they can't do anything this can go as far as them not being able to receive phone calls not being able to communicate through mail or even through social media well it can get really extreme so some pregnant women do go through this so they have to endure the pregnancy all by themselves with no support from the people who they love and who obviously love them right now during pregnancy sometimes they go through financial abuse because some women during pregnancy, they can't work because of the pregnancy, not because there's a complication or a medical problem, simply because they're pregnant. Sometimes their employers won't allow them to keep the job because they may be considered to be some type of threat to the company, maybe. Maybe, you know, they they, they think the woman is going to get injured or she's going to get hurt and she's going to be a liability and she's going to sue them. I mean, there's many reasons why people fire pregnant women. There's a lot of reasons why. You know, one of the reasons is maybe they think she's not going to be as productive because she's limited because of the pregnancy. She may not be able to produce as much work because of the pregnancy. She's not able to work overtime and double time and all kind of shift hours. Maybe she's not able to do that. And the employer wants to replace her. And this happens all the time. So now she doesn't have any money. She is dependent on her abuser. Now he uses financial abuse. How how can somebody financial abuse somebody? Limit and restrict access to money. They don't allow her to go to the bank or access the bank online. They don't allow her to use credit cards. They don't want to give her money. She doesn't have any money. They control all the financial decisions. They make all the financial decisions without her involvement or agreement. They prevent her from trying to get another job even though it's very difficult for a pregnant woman who is visibly pregnant to get another job because most people won't hire her because they know that in a couple months she's gonna go have a baby and she's gonna be out for a couple of weeks maybe six to eight weeks so they don't want to hire her right And sometimes she's not able to earn an income finding another way. Maybe she has a hobby or maybe she could work a part-time job or maybe she can uh, try to do things on the side. Maybe develop her own business, right? She can't use money to purchase maternity items and newborn baby supplies because she doesn't have any. And the abuser will really put a strict limitation on what she could spend. And it's frustrating for a pregnant woman who can't buy things for herself. Because during pregnancy, she's growing. So her clothes may not fit. She may want to buy bigger clothes. You see a lot of pregnant women walk around with tight clothes. And a lot of people think that it's just a fashion statement. But some of them just can't afford to get new clothes because they don't have the money. Or their abuser don't give them access to the money right and they can't even prepare for the arrival of their newborn baby because they can't go and buy clothing and baby supplies and other things that they need and they're not even allowed to even have a baby shower and that would help them and sometimes the abuser isolates them as i said before and they don't have access to the people who would give them the gifts that they need now this is one of the biggest problems. i mentioned it earlier but i'm going to mention it again a lot of pregnant women are coerced into having sex. Sometimes they are victims of sexual assault and rape. A lot of pregnant women, because of the pregnancy complications, threatened miscarriage or something may go wrong, the doctor may place them on bed rest and order them not to have sex because there could be possible complications. And a lot of abusers, they're very insensitive to that. They don't care that this woman is carrying their child. They don't care if this woman is not supposed to have sex. They are very inconsiderate and selfish. And they just want their own sexual gratifications. They don't care whatever the woman's condition may be. They don't care if she's ordered not to engage in sexual intercourse. Sometimes they may try to coerce or force her to do things that she's not happy with. But she doesn't want to do. They may want her to touch them in a certain way. They want her to engage in certain sexual activities, maybe or sex, anal sex, threesomes. They may force her to watch pornography. They may make sexual jokes around her. All right, so that is sexual assault. Sometimes they're not physically raping her. They, they're not penetrating her, but they're forcing her to endure certain type of sexual advances that she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to be part of. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to. So this is a serious problem that a lot of pregnant women do go through. Now, remember, this is during the pregnancy. And after she have the baby, normally she has to wait about six weeks After she has the baby, during the postpartum period, she's not supposed to have sex. She's supposed to wait until her body heals, let the uterus heal, the vagina heal, and for her to get back to her normal state. But a lot of men refuse to cooperate. They want to have sex. Maybe they waited six months. Maybe they waited eight months, and now they want to have sex immediately. Sometimes they want to have sex following the birth. Two days later, they want to have sex with the woman and she's saying no. And if she's forced to have sex, she can have some severe problems. She can have a prolapsed uterus. She can have cuts and laceration in her vagina. She can have all kinds of infections because she's not healed yet. So this is very insensitive for a man to force his wife, his girlfriend, his woman who just had a child for him, force her into having sex. This is insane. This is the ultimate selfishness. He has no consideration for her. But again, a lot of these men see these women as sexual objects. See her as a sexual thing. Only for his own sexual gratification. He doesn't care about her personal pleasure. He doesn't care about her well-being or her physical, emotional health. This is the problem, right? Now, some women are forced to undergo sterilization. They're forced to tie their tubes, tubal litigation. They don't want to do it, but sometimes they're forced to do it because the man tells them you have to do it. Or the opposite happens. They want to do it. They want to tie their tubes. They, tube. they want to, you know, just be sterilized, but their husbands won't allow them to because some states you have to have the husband permission for a married woman to be sterilized. Okay, that can also be a form of abuse because he's trying to force her to do it when she don't want to or he's trying to stop her from doing it when she wants to because it's going to take two people to decide in a marriage if they want to have more children. But ultimately, it's the woman that's carrying that child. So if that child is going to create a health problem for the woman, maybe she can't afford to have another child because she may die. Physically, she may die, right? And the husband don't want to hear that because he... Doesn't want her to be sterile. He doesn't want her to be sterilized. So he refuses to sign. But if she has another pregnancy, her health may be or her life may be on the line. Now, some pregnant women experience chronic illness while they're pregnant because of the high level of stress. They experience stress-related disorders. You know, they have hypertension, which is high blood pressure. You know, they have all type of problems digestive problems, skin problems, all these things that we mentioned earlier because they are chronically under stress. Chronic stress produces chronic illness. That's just the way it is. And a lot of these pregnant women, you know, they're, Partners don't stop and think about the pregnancy. They don't stop and think about the health of this woman and the health of this unborn child. They're not thinking about that. They're constantly agitating, provoking, triggering, and just doing things that's going to put this woman in a stressful state. Alright? Now, some women, when they are in chronic agitation state they're chronically being aggravated sometimes that could place the baby in distress they call it prenatal fe- fetal distress all right prenatal fetal distress the baby can undergo stress if the mother is stressed out obviously whatever affects the mother is going to affect the baby all right if the mother is being hit she's being physically attacked the baby can receive physical injuries the baby can receive broken and fractured bones, bruises and damaged organs. This is crazy. But some of these babies are being born with broken bones, bruises, all type of lacerations in their bodies, cuts. And it's because their mothers were victims of domestic violence. This is something that's very sick. This is sick. All right? And because of this this stress. Sometimes she can go into premature labor and the babies are not ready to come out so they're born with low birth weight. And if they're born with low birth weight, that puts them at risk for some serious health complications. Now, domestic violence can be the cause of the mother dying and the child dying. It could be deliberately, directly through a homicide. A lot of men who are abusers, sometimes they do kill this woman. They physically hit her because whenever you hit somebody, you never know what's going to happen. You may not intend on killing them, but that hit was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Too much force. That person can die. So a lot of pregnant women end up losing their lives. And if they die, that also puts that child, that unborn child at risk for injuries or death. Now, let's talk about what happens very quickly to the children who are exposed to domestic violence in the womb, right? Children who are exposed to prenatal domestic violence have increased risks for the following, right? So the mother is being abused. If she's being abused, automatically the babies are exposed to abuse. Now, these babies can suffer from infant post-traumatic symptoms. What is that? They can display symptoms of trauma as a newborn. Can you all imagine that? Newborn babies being born with post-traumatic symptoms. They suffer trauma. They're having all type of problems. That is unbelievable, but this is the reality. Some of these babies, because of the exposure to prenatal domestic violence, they may have difficult infant temperament. They're born and they have all types of problems. They're colicky, crying all the time. They were drawn and they have general negative moods. Can you imagine a baby being born with bad temperaments? This is unbelievable. But a child who is exposed to domestic violence in the womb, they're being born that way, okay? A child that is born to a mother who's a victim of domestic violence, they get less breastfeeding And bonding time with the mother. Because the mother is physically injured. She's stressed out. She's emotionally damaged. She may suffer from low self-esteem. She may not have the strength to even connect and bond with the child. She may not even have the time because she's so busy trying to heal herself. She's so busy trying to deal with the abuse. She don't even have time for the child. And all this stress can reduce the breast milk production of the mother. And sometimes the father is the one that disprove of breastfeeding. Some men, specifically abusers, they don't want their women breastfeeding the child. Sometimes they're jealous because they see the breast as a sexual organ. They don't see the breast as food for the baby. That's the reason why they don't want it. They think that the breast is going to be saggy or it's going to be unattractive if the woman breastfeeds. And that's the reason why they don't want to do it. They don't want to allow the woman to do it. And in some crazy cases, sometimes the father, the abuser, is drinking the mother's milk. This is sick, but it happens. Now, some children have childhood behavioral problems. Childhood depression and anxiety. Children who are exposed to prenatal domestic violence are more likely to be abandoned, neglected, and abused. Now, if the father was abusing the mother while she's pregnant, I mean, it's just common sense to know that the abuse is going to continue. And eventually, he's not just going to abuse the mom, he's going to abuse the baby when the baby is born. This is common sense. That child can suffer from more serious health, social, and mental health problems. They can have educational problems, they can become underachievers, difficulty concentrating and they may have attention deficiency. They may have learning disabilities and they may not graduate from high school. This is a serious thing. They may have substance abuse problems using drugs, alcohol and abusing prescription medicine. Some of them are prescribed medicine for their behaviors. And for their mental and emotional problem at a young age. And they could become future abusers or victims because domestic violence is a learned behavior. Right? Now, obviously, after giving birth, the domestic violence doesn't end but continues to get worse. This creates many barriers for the woman. What happens after a woman have a baby? She, she have the baby. Okay she 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 did it she birthed that child that baby is here now now but she's still being abused now what happens all right this prevent her from physically healing from the pregnancy and birth especially if she had birth complications if she had a c-section she had any type of complications it's gonna be very difficult for her to heal if she is still being abused it's very difficult. The healing process is going to be slowed down. right? She may have nutritional deficiencies. She may be malnourished to include dehydrated because she's not able to provide good self-care. She's not able to access food just like she wasn't able to eat during the pregnancy. After the pregnancy, after giving birth, she still may be in the same situation. She's still deprived of Nutrients. She's still not able to access food. She has no food security. She may still experience stress related and psychosomatic disorder. Obviously, the stress will damage her immune system. She's going to experience body ache and pain, poor appetite, sleep deprivation, and all the other things that come with stress. She may be fatigued and exhausted. She experiences fatigue and exhaustion because she's taking care of the baby and other children. She's responsible for household chores and taking care of the family. She's overwhelmed. Everything that she used to do before the pregnancy, she continues to do during the pregnancy. And those things still continue to happen after the pregnancy. So if she was overwhelmed, she's going to be more overwhelmed. If she was stressed, she's going to be more stressed out if she was depressed she's gonna be more depressed because these things don't just go away if she was experiencing mental and emotional health problems they're gonna get worse especially if she's not getting any type of treatment counseling or therapy she may go through postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis this is serious this is serious when a woman experienced postpartum psychosis that means that she is out of touch with reality That can cause her to disconnect from her child, physically harm her child, or even kill her child. And it may make her self-harm or self-mutilate or even commit suicide. So this is important. Now, substance abuse. Some women are still using substances after they have the baby. They don't stop. If they had low self-esteem before pregnancy, during pregnancy, after pregnancy is the same thing. So I just wanted to touch up on all the things that women still go through after they give birth. Now, this is serious. Now she has a newborn baby. Maybe she had other children. She may have elderly parents that she's helping or other people that she's helping. She has a lot on her plate. So I want to just stop for a second and just ask everyone just to think about how heavy that load is. That's a heavy load. A lot of people don't know what women go through. A lot of people think just being a woman, just putting on a wig and putting on a dress and putting on some makeup. That's what being a woman is all about. No, all these things that I'm talking about, that's what goes into being a woman living in a society. All these stress related disorders, all this problem. Women go through a lot. It's not easy being a woman. It's a lot of responsibility, a lot of work. right let's continue many females may not consider themselves to be victims of domestic violence or identify as a survivor of an intimate partner violence however they still undergo negative situations with their partners during or after their pregnancy okay a lot of women may not be abused directly they may not be victims of physical abuse sexual abuse verbal emotional mental abuse they may not go through that not all women are gonna be victims of domestic violence now it doesn't mean that they don't go through some problems let's talk about some of the problems that these women who are not victims of domestic violence they still go through other problems because they women right now women are objectified and pregnancy is trivialized this is what a lot of women go through. a lot of men Objectify women and they trivialize pregnancy. It's no big deal. The partner don't know the value of his woman being pregnant and the sacrifice that she's making to bring his child into the world. Okay? They're not thinking about that. Okay? partner don't recognize the magnitude and importance of the role of the female. She is not appreciated or respected for her contribution for continuing their genetic legacy and family bloodline. She's not given any type of consideration. She's not treated with honor or gain any special treatment. In some cases, she is treated like someone with no value. Her pregnancy is not taken into consideration when making decisions. She's required to continue to do the same laborer's tasks household chores, stressful jobs, and daily routine with no help. She is overlooked and ignored when help is requested. All right. So some women, they're not being hit. They're not being raped, but they're still not being treated with respect, kindness, and consideration. They're not being honored. They're not seen as important. And the pregnancy is trivialized. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. She's just pregnant. It's just ordinary days. The same old thing, same old. But they don't realize the toll that the pregnancy can take on this woman. The changes that she's going to go through. The burden that she's carrying. The risks that she's taking for being pregnant. A lot of men just trivialize pregnancy. Society trivializes pregnancy because they trivialize women. They trivialize women's issues because women are not valued. This is why pregnancy is not seen as a a special event. It's like, oh, she's just pregnant again. And some women are judged, criticized, and, and looked down upon when they're pregnant. Some women look down on them. It's not just men who look down on them, other women look down on them. All right? So, this is something that women go through. Another thing that women go through. Pregnancy is seen as an illness. Some men, they don't see pregnancy as a special time. They see it as an illness. They see it as a disability or medical condition. Pregnant women are treated like children by their partners. Their dignity and human rights are removed. Their partners take absolute control and make all the family decisions. They're not allowed to voice their concerns or opinions. Partners may say they're doing this out of love and to protect them. However, it's still disturbing to take away an adult's sovereignty and make them dependent on others for their care. Now, yes, some females may experience pregnancy-related medical health problems, yet they are still adults that should be given respect. This is something that we really need to think about. Some men do treat pregnancy like it's like it's a problem. Pregnancy is not, a healthy pregnancy is not a problem. It's not a medical condition or it's not a disability. Now, like I mentioned earlier, women can experience medical complications. They can experience problems that can make the pregnancy dangerous. But pregnancy on its own is not innately, naturally a problem. It's not. And unfortunately, a lot of women are treated like children when they get pregnant. They just get completely dismissed. Like they're not important at all. That they're one of the kids. Treat them like a child. Make all the decisions. Act like they're not even there. And some men, they they, they were waiting to take that power and control anyway. So they use pregnancy as an excuse for them to just push the woman to the side and just start taking control. Now, pregnant females experience neglect and abandoned by their partners. This is a serious problem. This is something that happens too often. And even married women experience this. Women who are in relationships. Women who live with a man. Sometimes they still are abandoned or neglected. They have a lot of special needs during and after pregnancy that are ignored, dismissed, or put aside. Emotionally, she requires more support, compassion, and empathy. She is going through a lot of physical and hormonal changes that may take a toll on her mental health. She may have cravings and need special food. She may have to avoid specific activities and social activities during pregnancy. Sometimes the partner... The woman's partner is unwilling to accommodate her to make the necessary changes to help facilitate a healthy pregnancy. He's unwilling to give her the attention, support, and love she craves during this special time. She may feel unattractive, undesirable, and unwanted during her pregnancy. Her partner may express his dislike and how he is displeased with her physical appearance. He may stop being physically intimate with her or refuse to have sex. During pregnancy, some males may take this opportunity to cheat on their partners or in the relationship. They may not be there to provide any type of emotional support at all. Now, this is a problem. A lot of women do go through neglect and abandonment during their pregnancy, during the time when they really really need a partner the same way it took a male and a female to conceive a child it should take a male and a female to go through a pregnancy even though the man physically is not carrying the child but the man needs to be there present to protect to nurture to care for to provide for his woman so to make sure that she has a safe delivery a safe pregnancy that she is in the best health that she can be this is the role of a man doing pregnancy just because he's not carrying the baby doesn't mean that it's out of sight out of mind that he shouldn't have nothing to do with her that's her problem That's her pregnancy. No. The same way it took a man and a woman to have a baby, it needs to take a man and a woman to go through the pregnancy. The father can be involved to make sure that his woman, who's carrying his child, is okay. That's his job as a man. That is his role as a man. And a lot of men fail their women during pregnancy. They're busy doing other things. Hanging out with the fellas going to the club, going to the strip club, making it rain, playing sports, watching TV, going to every sport game, watching sport on TV, just totally ignoring their woman, totally ignoring her. They don't ask her if she ate, is she okay? Can they go to the appointments with her? Can they accompany her? Can they take her somewhere if she needs to go? She doesn't have to drive all the time. Maybe she can't drive, she's so big. Her belly is so big she can't even reach the steering wheel. Some women do have complicated pregnancies sometimes. Or they are very uncomfortable because of the changes. Now, a man should be available during the pregnancy for his woman. Whatever she may need. He should be willing and able to accommodate her. Not abandon her. Not neglect her and act like she's not there. Act like she's not even pregnant. And just expect her to just carry on. Right? Now, pregnant females are deliberately exposed to stressful environment and traumatic experiences. It's very important for everyone within the pregnant female's family to help her maintain a positive, peaceful, and loving environment that is conducive to promoting good health. It's necessary for her to stay away from negativity, which can produce stress related disorders that will compromise her immune system, making her more vulnerable to physical illnesses. No one should intentionally be abusive, hostile, aggressive, rude, disrespectful, and cruel to any pregnant woman during her pregnancy. No one should try to agitate her, aggravate her, or disturb her. This can cause her to become overwhelmed and be in distress, which can trigger emotional problems. She needs to be stable, calm, and balanced as possible, as much as possible. She may ask family members not to engage in the following activities around her. A pregnant woman may ask you, please don't smoke around me. Please don't use drugs around me. Don't use Specific products due to a scent. Don't cook a particular meal or partake in any negativity in her presence. She may ask you that. If a pregnant woman is asking you that, please grant her her request because you need to respect her wishes. She's telling you, don't use certain products because of a reason. She can't smell it. Maybe it'll make her nausea. She may experience nausea or she may get nauseated. Don't cook particular meal. Maybe she can't eat it. Don't scream and yell and cuss in front of her because maybe you're going to get her sad or worried or agitated. Don't show her, show her any crazy movies. Movies that's are full of violence. Movies that are scary or full of evil things. Maybe a pregnant woman don't want to see those things. And she shouldn't because she's trying to maintain a peaceful state. So she could be in a healthy state of mind, body, and soul. So it's very important that we listen to pregnant women and try to create a stress-free environment for them. Try to give them as much love as we possibly can, right? Now the other one, body shaming. Body shaming, this is a big one. The majority of females will undergo some type of body changes during or after their pregnancies. Their husbands, lovers, and boyfriends may criticize them for this uncontrolled body transformation, especially during the post-pregnancy. Now, let's look at some of the problems. Let's look at some of the problems, right? Now, let's look at what causes the body shaming, now, the maternal body doesn't fit the unrealistic description of the idolized, sexualized female body in Western society. Okay? They want small waist, big breasts, and small hips. The problem is that the abdomen is protruding and some women gain additional weight in areas society deemed to be unattractive. Maybe they gain a lot of weight on their abdomen area, their hips, their butt, and their thighs, okay? The media give praise, honor, and credit to the few females who are able to quickly slim down during their post-pregnancy period. All the other females who are still in that pregnancy state, so to speak, in terms of they still have that little belly, okay, that's that evidence that they just had a baby, You know, some of these women are ridiculed and shamed just because they still have a belly. Some people will ask them, oh, uh, are you still pregnant? Knowing that they just had a baby, that's part of that body shaming. Or they'll tell them, oh, you look pregnant. Are you having another baby already? Not taking into consideration that this woman hasn't gone back to her pre-pregnancy body. If a woman just had a baby... Three weeks ago, a month ago, six weeks ago, three months ago. Some women, it takes time. It takes time for them to go back to their pre-pregnancy body. And sometimes they never are able to go back to that. Now they have a different type of body because their shape may have changed. This is what's going on. Their bodies are going to transform. They may get bigger, they may get smaller. They may get wider here, and they may get a little narrow there. Their bodies are always going to change, and it's okay. But again, because females are sexually objectified, they're not seen as a holistic person to be respected and appreciated for who they are as a person. Instead, They are broken down into body parts. The breasts, the thighs, the legs, the hips, the lips. There is a superficial expectation that is created in this society. The expectation is that most natural females have to have a certain type of body type. That is unrealistic and superficial. All females are not going to have the same body types naturally all females have different body types they have different body shapes different body features that's just the way it is all women are not the same all women are not going to have a baby today and go back to their pre-pregnancy weight in two weeks all women are not going to do that All women are not going to become physically fit in six weeks and act as if they never had a baby. All women cannot do that. Most women cannot do that. Right? Now, this artificial standard that's been created in society, women have to literally surgically alter themselves. They have to be artificially enhanced in order to achieve this unrealistic standard. In Western society females are expected to immediately after pregnancy go back to being sexy which basically means physically being available for sexual activity somebody said oh I'm trying to get my sexy back on if you say you want to get your sexy back on the root word of sexy is sex so if you're sexy that means that you're sexually attractive you're sexually appealing so if a woman just had a baby And you want her to be sexually attractive and sexually appealing what you're saying is that you want her to have another baby that's what you want because if she's sexually appealing right now the man's gonna jump on her and she's gonna get another baby right so that is unrealistic for a woman to just have a baby and she has to be focused on getting her shape back she has to be focused on getting her sexual appeal back that's unrealistic Because naturally, a female is going to be focused on, primarily on, taking care of her newborn infant. That's her main priority. Taking care of her newborn infant and recovering from the pregnancy state. In addition to nurturing and providing love for her family, which may consist of other children. It's unrealistic for a female to start focusing on being sexy and dealing with her physical figure when she has so many more important things on her plate that are necessary for her survival. Yes, it's necessary to work on getting her health in order, but it makes more sense for the motive to be being healthy and not just being sexy or attractive. Now, this is something that we really have to think about because a lot of people get so caught up in the media. They get caught up in social media in particular, and they go and they watch people's pictures, watch their storylines. And these women seem like they have it all together, seem like they perfected motherhood. The pregnancy seemed to be perfect. Everything seems so beautiful. right now some of these women probably did experience that but they're not going to show you all the times that they didn't feel so beautiful they're not going to show you the times when they were suffering from nausea and bloating and and heartburn they're not going to show you pictures where they have acne all over their face they're not going to show you all these marks that they have on their bodies they're not going to show you the stretch marks that they have. They're not going to show you realistic pictures of normal pregnancies. They're going to pretty it up. They're going to just use Photoshop and make everything look so perfect. And so a lot of women are under the impression that something is wrong with them when they undergo these natural body changes. When they do have that little extra fat on on their abdomen area, And they look at the pictures and they don't see other people have that they're like okay what's wrong with me why do i still have this baby fat or this baby pouch they look at other women their skins are clear they're oh why 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 is my skin not clear yet well your hormones are not balanced yet all right there's a lot of things going on with women after they have a baby that people tend to hide and not talk about because they're ashamed of the female body. They are ashamed. And the saddest part is the men in these women's lives are the ones who are criticizing and judging them, making them feel so bad. That is the saddest part. This is your woman. You understand where she comes from. You should understand. You were there to see her journey. Were you in that delivery room? Did you see what she went through when she had to push that baby out? Or she had an emergency C-section they had to cut her open to get that baby out? Did you see her suffering and pain? Did you hear her scream because of the intense pain? It sounded like somebody was just beating her in the head with a hammer. It sounded like she was trying to push out an elephant. Because she was straining so hard. You were there when she had to go to the bathroom constipated. When she couldn't even sit down on the toilet because she had all these sutures. Because they had to sew her up because the baby ripped her open. You were there. All that pain, all that suffering. And you don't even take that in consideration. You don't say, you know what, this woman needs support right now. She needs love She needs to be able to heal in peace. She needs to be protected. She needs to be made to feel secure. She has to know that she is appreciated. These are the things that men need to be focusing on. Not focusing on, oh, she got to get back her shape. She got to get sexy and fine again. The men are focusing on having sex. That's what they're focusing on. And obviously, not all men are that way. We have some great men. We have men who are very supportive, who are very understanding. We have men who respect their women and have more respect for them when they have a child. Because they appreciate her sacrifice. They appreciate her effort. They understand what she went through because they were there every step of the way. That is a man's job, again, to provide and protect his woman, to take care of her when she's pregnant. That is his job as a man. But unfortunately, a lot of men haven't been taught. They haven't been taught how to be men. When they were born, maybe their fathers wasn't around. Maybe they didn't see a man nurturing and loving and taking care of their mother while she was pregnant. So now they don't know what to do when their women become pregnant. And what they see on TV, it's not good information. When they what they see on social media, obviously, is not good information. They see the the the, the, the glamorous part. They, they see the Hollywoodish part. They see all the, the, the good stuff. But when the bad stuff happens, a lot of them run away. They pack their bags and they leave. They leave this woman to suffer. They leave her to carry the burden by herself. And some of them don't come back when the baby's born. They just keep going. But that's part of being responsible. When you are in a committed relationship and you all become pregnant, it's not just the woman who's pregnant. You all are pregnant. It's a team effort. All right. It's a team effort. So if it took two people to get pregnant, it needs to take two people to go through the pregnancy. It takes two people to raise this baby. It is a team effort. But somehow society has brainwashed the man. Some men, of course, not every man. They have indoctrinated him with all type of misconceptions and misinformation and distorted information. And these boys are learning that, hey, we don't have to be around during pregnancy. That's a woman thing. That's a woman thing. We don't need to be involved. We could just go to our man cave, disappear, go have fun, go chill and relax, and we'll be back later. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because it takes a man and a woman To conceive a child is going to take a man and a woman to ensure a healthy pregnancy. It's going to take a man and a woman to make sure that they raise a healthy child together. So these are the things that we need to learn because whatever it is that we've been doing, obviously it's not working. We have a lot of social problems, a lot of dysfunctional behavior, a lot of toxic people. A lot of sick people mentally and emotionally and all that stems from problem within the family. So if we want to turn things around, we want to change the narrative, we have to start how we conceive our babies, how we deal with the babies in the womb, how we treat the mothers when they're carrying these babies and how we treat these babies after they're born. So it's a three-step process. If we fail to do the right thing in any one of these three steps, we will fail that child. Before pregnancy, you got to make sure your woman is healthy. As a woman, you got to make sure you're healthy. You got to make sure everything is on point with you. Get rid of all the stress, all the toxic behavior, dysfunctional ways, all the crisis that you go through, all the difficulties. You need to... Do what you can. Whatever's in your power to make yourself healthy, both male and females, before conceiving the child. After you get pregnant, whatever problems that you have, once you find out that you're pregnant, you need to get rid of all that. You need to fix things. You need to clean house. Once you have the baby, you need to go ahead on and make sure that you're bringing this baby into a healthy environment, into a healthy relationship, into a healthy community. Because if you don't, Then you're putting that child at risk for all the problems that we have today. So if we want to stop this problem, we have to go back and we got to prevent it from happening. That's the secret. We got to prevent it from happening. And if you are listening to the sound of my voice right now and you don't have any children, please take my advice. Start cleaning the house. Start getting stuff in order. We have a lot of women who want to get pregnant, but they're not getting ready. You got to make some changes before you get pregnant. There's a lot of men who want to have babies. Oh, yeah, I want to be a father one day. Yeah, but you got to make some changes. Okay, it's not just about the woman's health. It's about your health. You're contributing 23 chromosomes. If you're not healthy, you smoking, you drinking, you drugging up. You're sleeping late. You running your body down. You have untreated STDs. All these problems, you passing them on to your children you passing them on to your children. They can inherit some of this stuff. All right? You're passing them on genetically? Are you going to be passing them on socially? Because you're going to teach these behaviors through your action. You're going, to, you're going to lead with your actions. You're going to lead by example. So that's why it's very important. If you want to have children, you need to start thinking about these things right now. Don't wait till you're 30. Don't wait till you're 25. If you're 18 years old and you have control over your life, start doing these things. If you're under 18, you could start making changes, make sure that you make better choices so you won't have to end up taking drugs. You won't have to be an abuser. You don't have to, you know, implement any negativity on anybody or implement negative thoughts or negative, you know, ideas that's going to create a toxic environment for anybody. All right. So there are things that you can do. And this is the purpose of me doing this podcast is to bring attention to all the things that are going on to a pregnant woman and how we as individuals can stop that. How can we contribute to that pregnant woman being more healthier and being more stronger, right? So we didn't really talk about other people other than the partner, but pregnancy is a collective experience, right? It's not just the partner, the husband, the baby daddy, the boyfriend, that's not the only person that needs to be good to a pregnant woman. Other people in the society have to be good to the pregnant woman as well. We see pregnant women walking and you know, and nobody even offered them a ride. Nothing wrong with walking is good exercise. But if this woman is tired, she's fatigued, she's burdened, she's heavy, she's sick, and she you see her walking. If you know her, that's your sister, that's your cousin, that's your best friend, offer them a ride. If this pregnant woman looks hungry, maybe she she's saying, I'm hungry. Have compassion and mercy. Offer to buy her some food. Hey, are you hungry? Here's $20. Here's $40. Here's $100. If you ever go into a pregnant woman's house and you see no food, offer her money to go buy food. Say, hey, are you all right? Here's $100. Bucks. Go, go get you something to eat. Some women are very prideful. They don't want to put their business out there. They don't want people to know that they're hungry or they're suffering or they're not safe. But if you notice anything, offer your help. You notice that she hasn't been going to her prenatal visits. Offer her, hey, you know, would you like for me to go to the appointment with you next week? When is your next appointment? i like to go with you or I'll take you. Offer your services. You have money to buy your prenatal vitamins? You need anything? Being pregnant is a collective effort. And we have in ancient societies where women during pregnancy used to be protected by the whole community. The whole community, the whole village in indigenous cultures used to protect this pregnant woman. The whole village used to love her and make her feel special, make her feel wanted and protect her. Because they knew that if they didn't do that, that child would be a problem. That child would be a curse to the village. That child would come and cause chaos and confusion and and all kind of disorder. So we got to go back to that same mindset. We all need to protect pregnant women. You see her standing, her feet are swollen. Offer her your seat. She's at the bus stop. She has nowhere to sit. Offer her your seat. Ma'am, you can have a seat. Just be nice to pregnant women. She doesn't even have to be your relative, your family, your friend. On the job, this woman comes to work every day. She's pregnant. If she's at the job, it's not because she wants to. A pregnant woman needs to be at home resting and taking it easy. But if you see her at work, obviously she needs the money. But try to make it a little bit more comfortable and convenient for her while she's at the job. Just try to be nice and just offer your support. Now, sometimes, you know, let's talk about the other side. Sometimes women use their pregnancies as excuse to be mean or to be nasty. Again, if a woman was mean and nasty before she got pregnant, pregnancy is not going to make her stop being mean or nasty. If a woman was dysfunctional, if she was toxic, if she had all type of emotional and mental health problem, pregnancy is not going to stop that. So please don't let these women use pregnancy as an excuse. Well, you know I'm pregnant, so that's why I'm moody. All right, you could be moody, but you don't have to be nasty. You don't have to be cruel. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be abusive. You don't have to hurt people just because you're pregnant. So, at the same time, we do have some women who try to use as an excuse or try to take advantage of people because they're pregnant. And I do acknowledge these women and that's why I'm talking about it. So, but that's the, the minority. All right. So don't let a person take advantage of you because they're pregnant. Don't let a person use and abuse you and hit you and create all type of problems for you just because they're pregnant. Because we do have women who cry domestic violence, who falsely accuse their partners of domestic violence during their pregnancy. And that's not true. We have that too. So we have to see everything, right? So women are not perfect. They're human beings. We have women who are good women and we have women who are bad women. We have women who are healthy and we have women who are not healthy. We have women who are abusive. and We have women who are not abusive. So again, you have to judge according to what you see that individual is doing. If that's a good person, treat them nice. If that's a bad person, avoid them. Leave them alone. Mind your business. Just let them be. Don't interfere. Because in a lot of places, it's illegal for you to go, Being on a woman, especially a pregnant woman, it is domestic violence. Some women will become aggressive and violent. They want to attack people during pregnancy because they think that nobody's going to hurt them back. Nobody's going to attack them. And sometimes that is the case. People don't want to hurt them because they're pregnant. Don't want to, you know, get confrontational or aggressive with them because they're pregnant. And Sometimes they do take advantage of that. But anyway, we're dealing with a minority of the cases. This is not the majority. That's an exception. Anyway... Hopefully, you all gotten enough information to learn how to appreciate, honor, and respect women. Women are special. Nowadays, you know, they want to call women baby makers as if, you know, that has no meaning. But a baby maker is a life sustainer because without that baby maker, humanity won't exist. So that baby maker is definitely a creator. All right. So men and women are co-creators in this birthing process. So let's go ahead on and honor the process, honor the woman, honor the baby. Let's honor the family. Thank you very much.